chapter 24, I want you to see with me, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that it shall not be thrown down. And now he sat on the Mount of Olives with them and the disciples came to him privately saying, listen to this, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation. Ethnos, ethnos, race against race is what that literally means in the original language. Race against race, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. And then he says in verse 11, many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because of iniquity or lawlessness, it actually says lawlessness, the word iniquity is lawlessness, will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Listen to this, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all of the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. I always think it's amazing that when you read this story that it starts out with Jesus and his disciples being at the temple that Herod built. And they are coming and wanting to show him the temple. They're going to brag and show the magnificence of the temple that Herod has built that is trying to restore the former glory of the one that Solomon built. And they're taking him around and they're giving him the grand tour of the temple. And as if that would impress Jesus and at some point, he says, I want you to focus on the most permanent part because in that temple, you have to understand that it had massive stones. I've seen the remains. and you, I mean, these stones would be, some of them, almost the size of the stage that I'm standing on. And so when Jesus said, I want you to focus on some aspect of this man-made temple that you're so amazed with that you're basically wasting my time giving me a tour of what man's hands has built for the kingdom. And he said, uh, focus on it and then know that not one of these stones will be left unturned. They won't be standing on top of each other. Every one of these stones, everything that you see made by man's hand, Jesus said, is going to be toppled and destroyed. And then as if it so disturbed the disciples that comment that, that there would come an end to everything man has built and done. That later that evening on the Mount of Olives as Jesus was sitting there, the Bible said the disciples came to him privately and they asked him two pressing questions. Number one, will with, when will the end of the world be? Tell us when. When will you come again and what will be the signs of your coming? When will the end be? That deals with timing. And what will be the signs 
of your coming. The amazing thing about Jesus is he, he had throughout the scripture a way of answering the questions that people would ask him, not in what they wanted to hear, but what they needed to hear. It's almost like his answer to when will the end come and what will be the signs. And it's, if you read Jesus' answer, he gives them five essential things they need to know that really didn't have much to do with what the signs were or when the timing was. It's, it's almost like he said, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear, when and what are the signs? Because that's all people want to know about prophecy is give me the latest sign and who's going to be the Antichrist and, and when is this and when is that and how close are we? And Jesus shifts gears in this text and he says, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear concerning the essential things that you need to know when you see these things begin to come to pass. I want you to have five essential things that are very prevalent in your mind, and they begin to come into focus more than ever. And so I want to give you what he said. He lifts five things in this text in Matthew 24, and they're saying, when, it, when is the end of the world? And what are the signs of your coming? And he throws them a few signs. He, he mentions, you know, the things that the race against race and nation against nation and, and, and wars and rumors of wars, just a few things. But then he really starts naming the essential thing that has to be the focus of the generations that are facing the coming of the Lord. And here's what he says. The first thing he says and it's so amazing to me. Jesus said, number one, look at it in, in that fourth verse. He says, Jesus answered them and said, take heed to yourself. He said, the number one priority for you is not what's going on out here. When you start seeing the signs of the times, when you start seeing the, the, the one world government, when you start seeing a cashless society, when you start seeing the Antichrist and, and, and his system begin to rise, when you start seeing everything that the Bible predicts will happen, number one thing that is essential for you is take heed to yourself. We want the details of the time and the plan and the signs of the times. But Jesus said what you need to do is you need to take heed for yourself, of yourself. The end time is not about what is happening out there. The important thing about the end time is what is happening in here. And what God is saying is as you see the signs of the times happening, the question is not all that's going on out there. It's what's going on in here. How's my relationship with Jesus? How's my passion for God? And he said, Take heed to yourself. What am I looking at? What am I, how's my heart? How's my life? How, how am I living? Am I consecrated? Am I living a life of personal holiness? Is my mind clean? Are my, is my life, is my heart after God? Am I stirred up? Take heed to yourself that no man deceive you. Take heed means take inventory. Look around. Be alert. Do what you're, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Paul said, take heed of yourself. 
pay attention and take heed of the doctrine. Make sure that you're not deceived with false doctrines or with side things that don't matter. Many people in the church are becoming so sidetracked by the signs and everything else that they are not really in an intimate relationship with Jesus. And the number one thing he says, the number one essential thing is when you see the signs happening, when you see the coming of the Lord, when you see things that the Bible has predicted will come to pass, the first thing you need to do is not focus out there. But he said, take heed to yourself that you not be deceived. And then he says something powerful. The first thing is take heed to yourself. I'm saying to all of us today that the number one thing we need to be concerned about is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you praying? Are you reading the Word? Are you living right? Are you, li- are you, are you loving? Are you forgiving? Are you ready to go if the trumpet were to sound? Take heed to yourself. Do inventory on yourself. Am I being deceived? Am I just playing church? Have I fallen out? Have you fallen away during the pandemic? Are you even reading the Bible? Are you spending any time in worship? Take heed to yourself. Check yourself. Go in inventory. Do I ever talk to God? Do I have any worship other than when the church comes together? Is there any private worship? Take heed to yourself. Maybe the pandemic has taught us that real worship doesn't matter as much in the church if you don't have it personally in your own temple, in your own body, in your own life, and in your own walk with God. And he says, take heed to yourself. And then notice what he says next. The next thing he says is in in verse 6. He said, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. But watch this. Here it is. Second essential. See that you are not troubled. Do not be troubled. The word troubled comes from the word agitation. Don't let a spirit of agitation come on you in the end times. Everybody's being agitated. Everybody's on ends, you know, like on, on they're, they're at each other and agitated. And this group fighting that group and this group hating that group. And people on the internet attacking and giving. Don't get into being troubled and agitated. He says, do not be troubled. Number one essential, take heed to yourself. Check yourself. Be worried about, don't worry more about what's out there than what's going on in here. Am I on fire for God? Am I praying? Am I living right? Am I passionate for Jesus? Am I fasting? Am I seeking God's face? And then the second thing is when you see all this happen, I don't want you filled with agitation. I don't want you filled with fear. I don't want you filled with trouble. Do not be troubled. Praise the Lord for that. We don't have to live in a state of agitation. But he said, don't be troubled. For these things must come to pass. And then he gives that third absolute. In verse 12, because lawlessness shall abound lawlessness shall abound. The the, the original King James says, iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. Now, here's the third essential. The first essential is take heed to yourself. Check yourself out. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that you're loving God. And then the second thing is, I don't want you filled with agitation. Do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. Do not go around with a spirit of fear and worry. 
But then the third thing is he says, but be aware that iniquity or lawlessness will abound. Well, is that happening in our, in our society today? Is lawlessness the, one of the main things that we're seeing? And the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many who? The love of many believers. The love of many Christians. And notice it's not quickly goes cold, it waxes cold. It's a process. It's a slow fade of the love of God in our heart and the passion for Him and He's everything, but it begins to, it begins to grow or wax cold. Our love for God, cold love. But then he, he comes the third essential. When he says, even though that will happen, he says, and I love it, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. The third essential is endure. The third essential is to not quit. And it's interesting that the word iniquity, for, for, for when he said that the iniquity shall abound, it's different from sin. Sin is not the same as iniquity. Iniquity is the knowing violation of established laws. The knowing violation. In other words, Christians will, be, will grow so cold that they know what is right. They know what they should not be doing. But iniquity goes deeper than sin. Sin is when somebody just messes up in sin. I'm not making light of that. But iniquity goes deep. Iniquity is the known violation of established law. In other words, it's the opportunity. When he says, when he says for the for the opportunity for violation will abound. The word abound means the opportunity will just, it'll, it'll be so easy to sin. It'll be so convenient to sin. It'll be, it'll be the love of many will slowly fade to coldness because iniquity will abound. The, 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 the violation of, of known laws. People will compromise more and more and more. When they first got saved, they had great convictions and great standards and lived a separated life. But what will happen is the known violation will, will just begin to get into more and more and more sin. And what it does is it puts your soul to sleep. And the love of many will grow cold. More opportunity to violate known established uh, doctrine of the Word of God. Never has there been uh, the knowing violation of the breaking of known violation of morals and teachings and, and traditions than now. More opportunity to just enjoy a wicked life if that's what you want. Look at the internet. Look at the things that used to be hid and now it's all there. And so he said iniquity will abound. It'll be, it'll, it'll be opportunity after opportunity to get into any kind of wickedness that you want to get into. Drugs will be legalized. Anything you want to get into, you can, you can get into it. And he said what will happen is the, even the church will Church people will begin to participate and pick up things in their life and the love of many will wax cold or fade away and grow cold toward God. But then he said, but he who endures. So there, there is that third essential, endure. There will be people in the end time who 
He who endures the same shall be saved. You know, the person who endures says, you know, I probably, since sin is so convenient, nobody's looking. And, you know, a young man says, I don't have to, you know, I, I, I think I, I don't have to be pure. I don't have to be clean. And so what he'll do is, 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 is he can compromise at that moment or there'll be some who will endure. I might could get by with this, but I don't want to. I, I'm going to endure. I'm going to live for God. I could knowingly violate the truth. And I could knowingly fill my mind with thoughts and sin and participate in wickedness. Or I can endure till the end. The word endure means to finish strong. The word endure means to stand. The word endure means no quitting. The word endure means that I, I am willing to stand against this thing, not our faith isn't always supposed to be in joy. All I hear about in Christianity is enjoy, enjoy. But it's not just enjoy, it's also endure. And that means taking a stand against what is wrong. I sense that the enemy is wanting to take many to that place of coldness. But notice what he said. He said, number one, when you see when they said, tell us, when will the end come and what will be the signs? And Jesus, like he didn't even hear their question, and he answered and said unto them, number one, take heed to yourself. Don't worry about all those stuff out there, 666 and all that. You take heed to yourself. Number two, do not be troubled. Do not be agitated. Don't get in fights. Don't get all stirred up with people. Don't get into this and that and the other. Just stay in love with me. Take heed to yourself and do not be troubled. And thirdly, endure. You're going to see many with a spirit of lawlessness and violation of known truths of God's word and just because they're doing it doesn't mean you're going to do it because I'm going to have a church that's going to endure. Some will, some will fade away, many will wax cold, but there's going to be a people who will not go lukewarm. They will not, they will be red hot for God and they will make up their mind that I will endure. I want to be a part of that church. And Then watch this. He said, if you're endure." God says, I can trust you. I can trust you. God is not surprised that you're alive today. He didn't want the Apostle Paul's generation alive today. He knew that there were Christians who would endure in this time. God trusts you and God believes more in you than you believe in yourself. And then he gives the fourth absolute in Matthew chapter 24. He says, after he said, Take heed to yourself. Don't be troubled. And then he says, endure. Whatever you have to do, stand. Don't compromise. Don't grow cold. Endure. Watch this. He said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto every nation. It is an emphatic declaration. This gospel is going to be preached. This is the fourth essential that Jesus said must happen in the end times. The gospel must be preached. This gospel will be preached into every nation, Jesus said. When they said, when is the end coming? What are the signs? Jesus said, the essential you need to know 
is this gospel is going to be preached into all the world, and then the end will come. Well, guess what? We're online through technology. So are thousands of other ministries. And this gospel is being preached into all the world. We're getting responses from Africa. We're getting responses from India. We're getting responses from Russia. We're getting responses from Muslim nations. We're getting responses from Asia and South America. We're preaching the gospel all over the world. Literally, our largest audiences that we have ever preached to on television, according to our ratings, I'm speaking for this ministry, and by just sheer numbers with our online audience of hundreds of thousands of people every week watching these messages, we are literally reaching millions of people every week. We're on television every day somewhere, and this gospel what, what, is our, what is our response to the end times? This gospel shall be preached into all the world, to every nation, Jesus said, and then the end shall come. And ladies and gentlemen, we are fulfilling that prophecy right now. I'm doing it on television right now because this is the fulfillment of Jesus' teaching. And then there's one other thing that I want you to get that is so important. The technology of the internet, the gospel shall be preached into all the nation. And it's happening. It's happening. People are hearing. People are responding. We had a, a miracle happen to our ministry this week by television, by internet. There was a family that reached out to us and they said, uh, Pastor Franklin, we had never heard of you. We, we had never heard of your ministry, and we didn't know you from anybody. And they said, um, back in March when the pandemic started, the president tweeted that he was going to watch your church service online. This is what they said. This is what these people said to me. And they said, we decided to tune in. And that morning, by the way, we had 1.2 million people by actual views watching that service that went out. And this couple said, we had never heard of you and we decided to watch you online just because the president had tweeted that he was going to watch. And they said, we started watching your service that day and we have not missed a service since that day. And this is f almost five months later. And they said, God has so blessed us and our family and sent revival to our family that we wanted to do something to share this gospel that you're preaching, the gospel of Jesus Christ to others because it so impacted our family in a magnificent way. And this week... That family sent us a gift of $1 million to take and buy more airtime. And when this gospel shall be preached into all the world, then the end shall come. 
These are days when those scriptures are being fulfilled. And only God can make these kinds of miracles happen. And then the last essential that I want you to see, the last essential of end time living is recorded in Luke chapter 21. And I want to read it to you because it's going to bless you. What am I supposed to do, pastor, as I see the signs of the times? What am I supposed to do as I see all the prophecies being fulfilled and I see the world? You know, even, even, the, even the atheists, even the godless people are realizing things can't keep going like they're going. Everybody's realizing that, that, you know, with this pandemic, how vulnerable we are, how vulnerable our economies are of the world, how that we could experience something that could shake the world. We thought we were in a secure world. We all have come to the realization, and, that, and that's what the disciples were saying. When will the end of the world come, and what will be the signs of your coming? And Jesus said, I'm going to answer that question by shifting and letting you not hear what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And here's what you need to hear. Take heed to yourself. Here's what you need to hear. Don't be troubled. Here's what you need to hear. Endure. Stand strong. Don't grow cold. Endure. Here's what you need to hear. This gospel shall be preached into all the world, and then the end will come. And then lastly, in Luke chapter 21, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and distress of nations and perplexities and seas and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear of expectation of things coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Watch this. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Listen, here it is. Here's the, here's the fifth essential of end time living. Now, when these things begin to happen, watch this. Look up. Look up. Lift up your head because your redemption draws near. You know what he says? He says, when you see these things begin to come to pass, are we seeing them? His last word to us is don't be downcast. Don't go around like victims and afraid and tormented and beat up and discouraged. But he said, look up. Lift up your heads. In other words, Jesus was talking about the posture of the church in the last days is one that's looking up. It's one that's seeing the harvest is white under harvest. It's ready. The fields are now full of grain. Look up. The posture of the church, the end time church, is not one that's looking down, gloom and doom. It's look up. We win. Look up. Jesus is coming. Look up. The harvest is ready. And he said, redemption draweth nigh. Your redemption. What does that mean? The redemption of your family. It's about to happen. The redemption of your husband that's lost. The redemption of your brother, your sister, your grandmother, the people you've been praying for, the people that we've longed to see get right with God. Look up. Before the coming of the Lord, God is going to send grace and He's going to draw, He said, for your redemption, meaning you and your family. 
As for me and my house, I don't just get saved, but my house is under the covenant that I have with Jesus. And he said, for I want you to look up. The last essential thing is the posture of the believer is looking up, saying, oh my goodness, Redemption is drawing near to my house. Redemption is drawing near to the people that I've been fasting and praying for. My son that's a drug addict, my daughter that's in this bad relationship, this, that, and the other. Whatever kind of mess is going on in your home, and your life, look up. Redemption is coming to those situations, to those family members, to that, to that home, to that crisis. And he says, I don't want you filled with worry. I want you to have wisdom for the end time. And my posture is not a posture of despair. But he said, look up. My posture is not a posture of fear and downcast and hopelessness. But God wants to change you from a downcast to a look up. God wants to take you from a downcast in the last days to a look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So today, I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what you're facing. But I hear the Lord in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit saying, look up. Tell them to look up. Tell them this is the day of redemption. This is the day that my redemption is drawing near. It's coming close to their house. It's coming into their families. People you've been praying for a long time. Redemption is drawing near. So what am I to do, pastor, in the end times? You're the number one. You are number one to take heed to yourself. Why don't you do that? Take inventory. You're so looking for signs out there, but what about in here? It's more important how you're doing in here. Is your mind clean? Is your spirit right? Have you released unforgiveness? Are you clean? Are you living holy? Take heed to yourself. And then if you're filled with fear, do not be troubled. And then if you're listening to me and you say, well, you know, it's so easy to sin. Iniquity abounds. The word abounds means it's just, it's plentiful. It's easy. There's ample opportunity to get into any kind of wickedness you want. But he said right in the middle of that kind of society, there will be those who endure till the end. That's the third essential. You got to endure. Like a, like a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, you endure. And then we, we're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to keep this gospel shall be preached into all the world. And then the end shall come. But the last thing that he says, the last essential is have the posture of the believer that is not downcast, but that looks up. You know what the difference between us and the world ought to be? We ought to be the people that are looking up. We're optimistic. We're filled with hope. We're filled with faith. We're not going around. We're going through the same stuff they're going through, but we're looking up. We're encouraged. Our outlook is up. Our faith is up. Our praise is up. Our joy is up. Our families are up. Our, our faith is up. That's God's word to you today. And the Lord wants to come into that room and take you from a downcast to a look up. Your redemption, your redemption, the redemption of your family and your situation is drawing nearer than it's ever been before because God is faithful.
And I want to pray for you. And if you don't know where you stand with God and you are not oblivious to the fact that something is going on that we have never seen in the history of mankind, and this is no time to be playing God games. This is time to know where you stand. And, and as I preach that first point, take heed to yourself. As you search your own heart, you know that you're not right with God. I want to pray with you right where you are right now watching this program by divine destiny. And I want you to let Jesus come into your heart today. He wants to take you from a downcast, maybe addicted, bound, defeated, depressed, discouraged, to a look up. Well, I don't think I'm just talking to people who don't know the Lord. I think there's a lot of believers out there whose hearts have grown cold. The iniquity has abounded, and, it's, and it's, it's been so easy to get into other things. And some of you just, you've fallen out of church, and, 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 it's, and you've gone back to the stuff that God delivered you from. But the Lord is saying today, come back home to me. I want to cleanse you. I want to wash you. I want you to be ready when I come again. And I want you to endure and stand strong, and I don't want you downcast. I want you with a look up. God is with me. God is for me. And God will meet my needs in times like these. We win when Jesus is Lord of our family, Lord of our life, and Lord of our future. If you don't know where you stand with God, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you. Cleanse me. In the blood that you shed on the cross, I receive you today. I receive this message. Prepare my heart. I take heed. Cleanse me. Empty me of everything that is not like you. I repent, God, and I turn to you in repentance. Forgive me, and I cry out, have mercy on me and my family, and let redemption draw near. God, take my downcast spirit and cause me to look up again in faith and hope and love. In Jesus' mighty name. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin. And thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.